It's Monday, September 3rd, Labor Day, and this is The Daily Dive. It's Labor Day, and while many of you have the day off to relax, we're going to be talking about jobs, teens and summer jobs, robots at work, and ghosts at interviews. First, the economy is pumping and there are more jobs than ever, but the share of teens with summer jobs has plunged, and the type of work they do has shifted. Drew DeSilver, senior writer at the Pew Research Center, joins us for why teens aren't taking summer jobs anymore and what kind of work they're doing now. Next, experts have warned for years that robots will replace humans in restaurants. In a twist on that prediction, amid the lowest unemployment in years, fast food restaurants are turning to machines, not to get rid of workers, but because they can't find enough. Eric Marath, reporter for The Wall Street Journal, joins us to talk about automation and Flippy the burger flipping robot. Finally, in a move usually reserved for the dating world, job seekers are ghosting employers. It's the hottest job market in decades and workers are holding all the cards. My producer Miranda joins me to talk about ghosting on the job, blowing off interviews, accepting offers but not showing up on the first day of work, and even vanishing from existing positions, all without giving notice. It's news without the noise. Let's dive in. The teen summer employment rate just plunged down to close to 40%, and it never really recovered all that much during the 2000s. Joining us now is Drew DeSilver, senior writer at Pew Research Center. Thank you very much for joining us, Drew. Thank you for having me. So let's talk about what has happened to the great American summer job. Teens aren't working as much as they used to during the summer. What's going on? Well, that's true. They aren't. They're, in fact, not working as much as they used to the rest of the year, too. But summer employment has always been the highest for teens because they're out of school and, and you know they need money and don't have much else to do, I yeah, guess. And do something over the summer, basically. Yes. You can't, you can't <laughs> sit around and, and play video games, I right. guess. But what I did was I looked at data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics that goes back to the late 1940s. Uh, since that time, uh, up until right around uh, 2000, right around uh, right before the dot-com recession, usually right around 50% of teens, uh, and teens being 16-year-olds to 19-year-olds, had some kind of some job in the, at some part of the summer. Yeah, it's a pretty good number. Almost half of teens are, are getting some type of work going. Then after the after the Great Recession, or not the Great Recession, but the uh, dot-com recession, mm-hmm. we have to keep our recession straight, <laughs> the teen summer employment rate just plunged down to close to 40%. And it never really recovered all that much during the 2000s. And then after the Great Recession that hit in late 2007, 2008, 2009, it just sank way down, down to less than a third. Uh, As of last summer, by my calculations, about 35% of teens were employed uh, at least at some point during the summer. So what are some of the main reasons why teens aren't working as much anymore? That's a good question, and uh, there's not a lot of good answers for it. There's a lot of theories. Uh, Teens are staying in school longer. The the school year, in a lot of cases, doesn't get out until late June, and uh, sometimes it starts back up again in late August, so there's not as much time for teens to work. And not even as beneficial for some businesses. you got to train people a lot of times, and they're only going to be there really quick. Uh, You know, you're wasting a bunch of time. That's true. 
teens, uh, sometimes they'll be doing, as part of their graduation requirements, they do community service work, which is not counted as paid employment since it's not paid. Uh, they may be doing uh, unpaid internships. They may be going to summer school. A lot of a lot of teens are doing you know college prep classes or some kind of remedial classes of some sort during the summer so they have less time to work. There's also some structural changes in the economy that have been going on. A lot of the low-skill jobs that don't require a lot of training that uh, teens used to fill, uh, those jobs don't really exist anymore. You know, some of these jobs that used to be just summer employment jobs have been taken by, are now being filled by adults. So when these teens are getting jobs over the summer, what industry sectors are they usually working in? The two most common ones that uh, teens uh, are working in are what we call accommodation and food services, which is largely restaurants and hotels and things of that nature, and uh, retail, your basic retail job. But the interesting thing is that since 2000, and we only have data that goes back to 2000 for the for the industry breakdowns, uh, back in 2000, it was roughly the same share of teens got jobs in those two sectors. It's about 23% and 24%. But since then, accommodation and food services have really gone up. It's now about a third of all teens who are employed during the summer are employed in accommodation and food services, and only about a fifth are in retail. So we've seen a somewhat decline of retail, but a really big increase in uh, accommodation and food services. Yeah, and malls aren't even the same thing that they once were. Uh, you know, malls across the country are closing all the time, and so I, I could imagine that even those jobs are a little tougher to come by sometimes. I think that's probably has uh, has a lot to do with it. Yes, I mean we we've, we've been hearing for years about how America is overmalled and over retailed, and uh, we see retailers like Toys R Us going going under, and uh, a lot of the you know the clothing brands have gone under. The you know the entry level low skill type retail jobs, uh, you know filling filling in for summer shifts and things. Those are the ones that we've seen a decline in. Looking at some of the smaller sectors in your article also, there was arts and entertainment and recreation. What, what kind of jobs are considered? That's kind of a, a, a heterogeneous uh, mix of, of uh, industries. Uh, we have a lot of things like uh, you know working for the local sports team, working gotcha. in museums, working in uh, you know tourist attractions. The folks who who uh, sell you soft serve at the county fair, or, right. okay. or uh, people are in, <laughs> people are people are working at a summer stock theater. Those it's a, a mix of all that sort of thing. Did you have a summer job when you were younger? I did. I had one of those retail jobs. My uh, father owned a uh, small record and stereo shop in my hometown, and oh, cool. I got to work there during uh, the summers in high school. I'm sure that was actually kind of fun, though. I mean, something uh, music, something very easy to kind of get into. It was, and I, I got to sell records to my friends, and I also got to uh, <laughs> to buy records uh, for the wholesale price instead of the retail price, and That's I, cool. I learned the difference between wholesale and retail. When I was younger, I worked at a supermarket. Luckily, I didn't have to to bag groceries or anything. I was in the produce department and uh, actually learned a ton in there and got to eat free fruits and vegetables every now and then. So it was actually kind of a, a fun job that I had. But And that carried on beyond the summer into I just kind of did that part-time while I was going to school. So it was actually a really cool job that I, that I got to partake in. That's interesting. That's, that's one of the things that summer jobs give teens. Is that they give you a chance to learn about an area or learn about the working world. And that's what some of the experts uh, who've looked into this are concerned about, is that fewer teenagers are actually getting this sort of pre-work experience before they actually launch into their uh, stable part of their careers. Right. Uh, and I guess that's why a lot of people are trying to get, you know, the internships and whatnot, they're more career-focused, school-oriented, and things like that. 
And uh, some of these things are, provide great experiences while you're getting some money, maybe not towards a, a larger career, though. Drew DeSilver, senior writer at Pew Research Center. Thank you very much for joining us. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. gotten to the point where the unemployment rate is so low and job opportunities are so high that they can't find the workers and, and more of them are turning uh, turning to robots and other types of automation to, to fill the gap. Flippy is the, the most tangible example. It's literally a robotic arm with a spatula on it and it can flip the burger right over. And, and you're right, that's what the Cali Burger executives are telling us is that a lot of times people are leaving the job just because they say it's gross. Joining us now is Eric Marath, reporter for the Wall Street Journal. So fast food restaurants and quick serve restaurants are running short of workers. There's not enough people to work there. I know there's a high turnover rate in that industry specifically. And what they're doing is turning to robots to help man some of the uh, duties there. What's going on at these restaurants? Yeah, that's right. So there's been a long-held fear that robots would take over and replace Americans' jobs. In the uh, fast food industry, actually, has been an area that economists have identified for, for a long time. Five or ten years is a spot where, you know, automation really could happen. It's a lot of low-skill, repetitive work, the types of stuff that you should be able to automate. But that hadn't been happening, and that was largely because we had an ample labor force of uh, Americans willing to take, uh, you know, relatively low-wage jobs, minimum-wage jobs that you find in, in these restaurants. Well, we've gotten to the point where the unemployment rate is so low and job opportunities are so high that they can't find the workers and, and more of them are turning uh, turning to robots and other types of automation to to fill the gap. And that's where we get Flippy the robot. He's going up in Cali Burger chains in California. They want to try to put him in 50 restaurants by the end of the year. It's a $100,000 robot. He flips as many as 2,000 burgers a day. That's what these kinds of restaurants are turning to, things to help them do some of the worst parts of the job. You know, it's hot behind a grill. Sure. Yeah, Flippy is the, the most tangible example. It's literally a robotic arm with a spatula on it, and it can flip the burger right over. And, and you're right, that's what the Cali Burger executives are telling us, is that a lot of times people are leaving the job just because they say it's gross. It's hot and sweaty behind those grills, and uh, they're a pain to clean. Flippy, you can just change the attachment on the robot's arm and can just go to scraping the grill and cleaning it off afterwards. But it's more than just robots. In the terms of like a robotic arm, there, right, you right. know, there's other things that are kind of a little bit more nuanced, but are making a difference. Like Wendy's is rolling out higher tech dishwashers. So previously, the workers had to interact with the dishwashing machine like six different times in the cycle. And now this faster, more expensive dishwasher will be able to get the uh, utensils clean more quickly with less uh, input from workers. Yeah, Duncan actually did something really smart. They did a focus group with former employees and said, hey, what were the worst parts of your job? They took that data and then they said, okay, now let's try to automate this stuff. And that's really important in the current labor market because there's just not a lot of people you know, that are unemployed. The unemployment rate's 3.8%. And so what's happening is other businesses are looking at the kind of the bottom of the labor market. And, and frankly, that's a lot of in that case, that's fast food workers and saying, well, well, we can pick those people off. So compared to working at a restaurant to working at maybe a Walmart and wages might be about the same, but the Walmart, maybe air conditioned 
person, you know, maybe a little slower pace or, or maybe uh, offers you an, a store discount uh, where you can buy a wide variety of things that your family might need. And all those things are something that fast food chains have to compete against. So the fast food chains want to make sure their jobs are just as appealing. Yeah, another uh, restaurant doing some of this stuff is uh, McDonald's. They have ordering kiosks at restaurants now, so you can order it. They don't you don't necessarily have to deal with the cashier a lot. They say it's not necessarily getting rid of workers because they can repurpose those employees to do other jobs there. That's exactly right, and that's kind of another trend that's going on in the in the food uh, industry, fast food, and, and restaurants in general. We've kind of seen this explosion. We saw this at, at McDonald's. We see this at Panera, a little bit higher end place, uh, where there's more of these kiosks, more mobile ordering, and then they're having the workers that are there go out there and make sure the restaurant's clean, ask you if you need a refill on your drink, have more of that higher end experience, even um, at a McDonald's store. And, and Americans are shifting some of their restaurant dollars to fast food or fast casual restaurants away from the traditional sit down restaurant where you have a a waiter serve on you. There's been studies done that the restaurant industry specifically is highly susceptible to, you know, high amounts of automation. Obviously there's flippy things like that. There's kiosks and, and just better ways to have the workers interact with technology to help them. But really people are still skeptical that you're going to get a full restaurant run by a robot. One thing that's kind of interesting is, to some degree, this has existed many decades ago. There used to be these things called automats, where it was sort of like a combination of a of a vending machine in a cafeteria, and people sort of thought that would be the future of restaurants. And then McDonald's came along and and was able to make fresh food fast, and and that kind of changed everything. So, you know, it's probably going to be a bit of an evolution. But I think if the unemployment rate stays low, more restaurants are going to be considering this, and we're seeing this, and especially in places places where they're doing a lot of business and places where wages are higher in California, Massachusetts, New York. And I think you'll see it move further to more parts of the country. So if you haven't seen a a flippy in your neighborhood yet or haven't ordered on a kiosk yet in a McDonald's, I think that day is coming soon to more parts of the country. At least as it stands now, those jobs are still there. You don't have to worry about a robot taking your job. It was specifically with Flippy. Somebody's making those patties and seasoning them, and then the robot just cooks it. So they still need people to work at these uh, sort of restaurants. Eric Marath, reporter for The Wall Street Journal. Thank you very much for joining us. Sure. Happy to join you anytime. Sorry about this, women, but the unemployment rate has reached the lowest level in only 65 years. It'll be history. Joining me now is my producer, Miranda. There's this notion in the dating world of something called ghosting. Basically, if I was talking to you and we were talking to each other and having a great time, and then maybe I wasn't feeling the relationship anymore, I'd just break off contact, cold turkey, not responding anymore to you. The other person is left to feel you know, in the lurch, not knowing what's going on. So this concept of ghosting has been going on in the dating world for a while now. And it's crept over into another part of our lives, into the job market. There's more jobs than ever. We're record unemployment. People have a lot of options on their hands right now. What is ghosting as it relates to jobs, Miranda? Basically the same way as it relates to dating, Oscar. It's going to your interview and then just kind of blowing it off once given the offer. Many businesses are reporting that 20 to 50% of job applicants and workers start pulling no-show acts in some form, which is stop coming in or stop responding to texts and emails. It happens in a lot of lower-skilled, 
lower paying jobs. I, I can totally get that if you're working at a fast food place and you know you don't want to deal with it anymore. Just stop coming in. But this extends beyond that. This is uh, reaching into white collar jobs, a lot of other industries. Yeah. And they're saying that it's actually kind of giving employers a taste of their own medicine. So back in the recession, there were more people than jobs. 25 people would interview for two jobs and the two people would get hired and the rest of the people would get nothing back from the employer. No explanation, no answer. So it's the, the tables have been completely flipped. They blame this a lot on uh, younger people and kind of lack of professionalism. They say that ghosting has become part of a new vocabulary for younger people in which no response is a response. If I'm not calling you back or I'm not uh, responding to your calls about this job offer, that basically means I don't need your job. They just say that people stop doing this stuff. They stop responding or stop coming in because it's awkward. People inherently don't want to uh, anger or disappoint somebody so that instead of rejecting them, and it's not even a rejection of the person. It's just a rejection of a job. Right. But they're expecting this person on the receiving end to take it so personally, they'd rather just avoid the awkward conversation altogether. I can sympathize with that a little bit because if you're going to call and say, hey, you know, I, I don't want this job. Well, someone's going to be curious and ask why. And it's like, well, because your place sucks or <laughs> I don't you know, I don't want to work for you anymore. Can it just be as simple as that. I got a different offer that is more to my liking? Exactly. A lot of people say that. A new job offer will come up. I'm going to take that. I'm going to go with this. And I don't really need to do anything on this. They say ghosting is on the rise with this. In May, 2.4% of people quit and switch jobs. And it's the highest that's been in 17 years. Like I said, there's these options. Lots of jobs available or unemployment is at 3.8%. It's so low right now. So what are employers doing to counteract this? One thing that they're doing is that during the initial interviews, they work harder to sell candidates on the benefits of working for the company, loading the interviews up with the perks. This is what you're going to get if you work here. So we work at iHeartMedia. Sometimes we get to go to really cool events. Another thing that they're doing is that they're overbooking interviews, knowing that about half of their candidates won't show up. Even if they pass the background test and the second interviews and the drug testing, a lot of times they won't bother to show up for their first day of work. They just blow it off. <laughs> it's just a, a, a weird thing. It's something I've never done. So it just sounds odd to me in my ear. What are some of these hiring managers and recruiters, what are they doing after they've been ghosted? Well, they're keeping lists. They're right. making spreadsheet lists. And they said a lot of them said that the names are burned in their memory, which, you know, how long is that going to last? These are very recent irritations. Right. But a lot of HR managers and hiring people switch companies all the time. Yeah, they say also say that they'll make a range of phone calls, anywhere from three to five phone calls. The first one is like, hey, uh, you didn't come in work or hey, are you going to come in? You know, maybe they missed the call or something like that. The very last one is always like, well, this is the last call. You're not going to get this job anymore. Or we yeah. don't need you anymore. There are a lot more jobs there. They're not always the ones that everybody wants. And I think that's why this type of thing, this ghosting thing takes place. There's a lot of options for you. So if it's very easy for someone to ditch something that they don't think is the best option for them, something better comes up, I'm going to go for that. But there is a professional courtesy. As you said, a lot of people felt the opposite when you go apply for a job and then they never call you back. They hire somebody else and they're happy and you know they're just moving forward. But they forgot to tell all the other people that were interviewing, well, we went with somebody else. Ghosting on the job. Have you ever done it? 
I actually hate to say that I have done it. You're not going to do it over here, are you? Hey, well, remains to be seen. In my defense, I was a child. I was 16 years old. I was a summertime lifeguard at a water park. And, you know, August rolled around and I didn't want to work for the last two weeks before school started. Wow. I just stopped going. But they hired me back the next summer and I did it again. Thank you, Miranda. Thank you, Oscar. All right, that's it for today. Join us on social media at Daily Dive Pod on Twitter and Daily Dive Podcast on Facebook. Leave us a comment, give us a rating, and tell us the stories that you're interested in. Follow The Daily Dive on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. The Daily Dive is produced by Miranda Moreno and engineered by Tony Sorrentino. I'm Oscar Ramirez in Los Angeles, and this was your Daily Dive.